you should attend to him more. Today is a double barrel. I said tonight is a double barrel. Now we have been having marriage seminar. And to those of you who have not attended one, I think you have a privilege tonight to hear one. And after giving you a lecture for 30 minutes on this, we will have testimonies. And then I will now take you through another 30 minutes, which is dedicated to what God is saying to you at this time. You know, in this season, what God is emphasizing on in Christ with Tabernacle is the superiority of the sons of God over power, principalities, dominion, and every establishment that is. And I vow to God that Christ with Tabernacle will change the story of Christians on earth. Listen to me, and I want the world to hear me as I speak. This church, Christ with Tabernacle, made up his mind that we will change the story of the church of God in this age. And my reason to saying that is this. A lot have gone out in the name of the Lord. Churches filled with thousands and millions of people. And they have given birth to so many so-called ministers of God who are adulterers. Adultery has become the lifestyle of those ministers. Even known by the head of the churches where they belong, yet they could not be removed. It does not happen in Christ with Tabernacle. Some have been involved in all manners of evil works on the ministerial circle. It does not happen in Christ with Tabernacle. Some sack their wives, marry another woman, and yet they promote them in those Pentecostal churches. It does not happen in Christ with Tabernacle. In some churches, Pentecostal, right now, some who are appointed to be leaders, when they see a gift coming up, they kill it, frustrate it, until he's cast out from among the people. It does not happen in Christ with Tabernacle. The reason why it does not happen is this. Show me your leader and I will tell you who you are. This church determined to follow only one man and to be a replica of that man. The name of that man is Jesus. Anything that Jesus does not do, a leader of my church is not permitted to do. In the area of his social integration, in the area of his personal lifestyle. Because the book of Acts chapter 1 verse 1 says, In the former book of Philippians, I began to write concerning what Jesus began to do and to teach. Therefore, we are bound to God on an oath. To establish a church on earth that will not deceive mortal men, like some do. In the world today, 
You go to many churches. We've just come back from our, our retreats. Each day, we have six sessions. We did not collect offering in any of the sessions. Of course, they gave offering towards the end. But you go to many conferences after charging you registration fee. Every speaker that speaks will collect his offering. And say they will say they will raise their offering. It does not happen in CFT Global. Let me say this to you. Evil has become righteousness in Pentecostal movement today. Let me rephrase myself. Evil has become globalized righteousness. It does not happen like that in CFT. Come on now. I prefer to be a pastor of people like that. I prefer to be a pastor of a church of hundreds that will enter heaven than to pastor millions that are destroying the integrity of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ on earth. But you know something? Many are the children of the desolate, says the Lord. <laughs> in a short time, the world will hear your voice. Come on now. I say in a short time, the Lord will hear your voice, Christ with tabernacle. They will call to you from the east and the west and the north and the south. Because the Lord will give you the result and the answer to the crying cry of the heart of many across nations of the earth. Government of nations will call for you to come and help solve their problems. It begins from now. Therefore, I want to encourage you. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God so that you may be able to stand in the evil days. We are in the evil days. The schemes of Satan will not prevail in Christ's tabernacle. Therefore, the first section of this vigil is on marriage. I have discussed with you over the past three nights, I think. We have had three nights, isn't it? Yes. On the key to a successful marriage, we looked at Psalm 127, verse 1. Unless the Lord build the house, they labor in vain. Unless the Lord watch over the city, or watches over the city, the watchmen stand guard in vain. Psalm 127, verse 1. And from that we recognize, we, we, really we began from the root of marriage, what, what, how marriage came up from Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, 27, 28, and then we went into this. And we ended up last month, last week, looking at what you need to build a home. Alright? And that came from the book of Proverbs 24, verse 3 to 5. Of course, recognizing that the central pivot of a successful marriage is God being the center. And when we say God being the center, it means that both the husband and the wife are subject to God. Are we together now? Yes? If only God is right... There will never be unresolved arguments. 
Are we together? Come on now. I said if only God is right in the home that comprises a man and a woman, you will never have an argument that will, ne- that will be, you know, unresolvable. Is that correct? Because if one disagrees with the other, he will bring his judgment or, sound or his reasoning under God. And when both of them see, under God, one person will be right, one person will be wrong. And the one who is wrong, because both are subject to God, you will, that one will come to the other one and say, please, I'm sorry. I see that what you are saying is the right. And then there, will be, there cannot be unresolved dispute. Because Satan is always after families. And you remember when I taught you about the power of the mind. From the book of Genesis chapter 11 verse 6. I told you from verse 1 to verse 6. That confusion is equal to divided language and speech. Or dichotomy of heart and mind. When your heart has a substance, but your lips is saying something from your mind contrary to the substance because your mind is moved, your lips is moved by your mind, and your mind is moved by what you see, feel, taste, thoughts comes, and then your mind speaks. But your heart is moved by your language, which is the original confection you spoke from your heart. As your speech comes from your lips, because your speech is a product of your thoughts. Your language comes from your heart, because in your heart you may have ten languages. But when you respond to somebody who spoke, you respond to them because you hear or see and thoughts. And according to your thoughts, you can take out of your heart a language to communicate. So... When the heart and language are not united, there is what? Confusion. And that is by the evidence of Genesis 11:6. And God came down and confused their language. And I told you, Satan also now confuses the language of man. In marriage, so much when God is not the center. All right. Having said that, we move further. What do you need to build your marriage? Proverbs 24.3 By wisdom the house is built. So you need wisdom to build the house. Through understanding it is established. You need understanding to establish your marriage. Through knowledge. Its rooms are filled with rare and beautiful treasures. You need knowledge to be able to fill your house with romance, with good things, money, love, understanding, you know, patience, endurance, you know. You need knowledge for that to come. Remember what the Lord told me and I shared with you last, the last time, last Friday, that Knowledge comes from learning. Knowledge comes from learning. And understanding is the applied knowledge. I love to work about. Understanding is knowledge applied. But wisdom comes from the Lord and from experience of life. 
Of course, the three substances are given by the Lord. But wisdom is a function of old age. And I mean old age, both in the relations to physical old age, which is graduated by uncontrollable gray hair and fading bodies into wrinkles. No matter how much you use subsidy to take off the wrinkle, you will grow to an age where wrinkles will invade you so sporadically that all your remedy will enhance the wrinkles. Isn't it? Then you begin to say, change and decay all around, I see. O thou who changeth not, abide with me. With thus such age, you recognize that the experiences of life you have gained, either from your blunders or from the things you did good. And when the older wants to the younger, because you are closer to your grave, you must be truthful. You get me now? You are closer to your age, uh, to, your de- to your grave. If old person keeps on lying, he is the most foolish old person that lives on earth. Are we together now? Because at old age, you don't fear anybody. Neither do you fear death. If an old person is afraid of death, he is the greatest deceiver of himself. Because who should death kill if he doesn't kill old person? First. If you don't like what I'm saying, you have to hear it. <laughs> Therefore, as an old person, you have gained experience from blunders you made, Blunders others made, and you were involved in bringing solution, good things you did, and good things others did, from which you have learned solution. And so the younger one who is just jumping into marriage will become wiser if they can sit under a prudent old person who is not afraid to tell them the blunders he or she made and the consequences of such blunders, and the good things he or she or others have done, and they go report from it. So that those who are younger getting into marriage will get that for free. Wisdom, therefore, is a, is a function of old age. So the youth that despise the old age, the Bible says, shall not prosper. A nation that every ruler is a youth, woe to that nation. If a ruler is a youth, there must be old ages who are the counsel. Then that nation succeeds. Therefore, I said to those of you who are young, you need to learn from the fig tree when it comes to wisdom. I haven't said that. We're going to look principally to tonight's message, which is the rule for Christian household. 
is submission. The rules for Christian household is submission. And I will look at this right for the next 15 minutes. I remember that when we talked about submission, we looked at two words in the last lecture. The law of reciprocality and the law of reciprocity. If you want to know what that means, check the last teaching. In the book of Ephesians chapter 5 verse 21, it says, Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Yes? Shall we read it together, please? Say it again. Say it one more time. If you look at this scripture, this will just say, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Either we look at it as applied in the principle of reciprocality, which reciprocal means give back to me what I give back to you. Not in kind, in, 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 in deed, but in kind. I give you respect, you give me respect. I give you money, you give me money. I give you support, you give me support. Reciprocal. And the other one, which is reciprocity, As reciprocal is not attached to benefit, reciprocity is attached to benefit. Reciprocal is bilateral, like Trump. I told you, I used Trump to teach you. You see, the whole world now who have been talking nonsense about him, they are praising him today, isn't it? If you haven't seen the news, go and check it. In a short time, they will begin to teach in government studies. And economic studies, Trumpism. Write it down. Because he has brought in a new philosophy in governance and governing, which defies the norm, but more effective than the norm. And he has become today the reference point of a good leader, greatest leader that live on earth today. You who have been hearing me will know that I told you that God of heaven told me eight years before Trump ever showed up, God showed him to me. All right? Some people believe in talking about his fallibility as if they too are infallible. I will work with a man like that. I have things to learn from him. And the government of nations soon 
they will begin to study Trumpism. So, that is just by the way. I'm not saying that you should do that in your marriage. <laughs> However, <laughs> reciprocity is a practical exchange of things with one another, mutually, mutual practical exchange for benefit. And you have that. Part of that is the sexual intercourse between a husband and a wife that brings the benefit of children. Now we're going to further benefits in marriage. Remember, marriage begins by two people deciding to live with one another forever. Correct? I didn't hear you. Those of you just married, answer me. I said marriage is an agreement of forever. Every contract is temporal. But marriage contract is forever. Isn't it? So it means that really when we get to heaven, you will know that this person was your husband or your wife on earth. Though the husband-wife relationship does not continue, but you will remember that's your closest friend ever on earth. Isn't it? I can't hear you. If it is is forever, forever means forever. So when you make your vow for better, for worse, some people say, in CFT, worse don't happen. It is whether it is easy or difficult. That's what we read here. Worse don't happen in marriage. It's always better. Even if there's disagreement, the disagreement is for better. Because when you disagree, you will now understand one another at the end of result, end result better. So we don't do for better, for worse here, because I didn't see that in the Bible. But we read whether that is easy or difficult. And we know it's difficult sometimes. And we know it's easy most of the time. Amen. The first law, therefore, is submission to one another. Not just submission to one another. The Bible qualified that statement by saying, out of reverence fear for who? For Christ. In other words, I cannot hurt my wife because of Christ. My wife cannot hurt me because of Christ. I will never do anything to hurt her feelings because of Christ. And she cannot do anything to hurt my feelings because of Christ. What then can hurt our feelings when we have diverse opinions? Okay? My wife cannot plot to poison me. So anything she gives me, I eat it without asking. Because she can't plot to poison me. Christians don't poison people. That's why any one of you want to marry. If you go to the church where they pray that their enemy should fall down and die, and you go take a husband or wife, they are ready to die too. You didn't hear what I said. If you are a Christian and you are looking for husband or wife, if that person came from a church where they, they used to pray, they pray all the time, Father, let my enemy fall down and die. If you go there, you are ready to fall down and yourself die straight away. Because in a short time, they will soon catch you as the enemy of the person you are marrying. That's what they do there. Because every church that do that, God is not there. Jesus is not there. It's only Satan that rules that church. For the Bible says, Thou shalt not kill. Substantive law. Understand me. I'm going to be teaching you something I taught 
on this trip, bringing clarity to the dichotomy and confusion in the body of Christ. Because many who have tried to interpret those statements did not have law background. What's the difference between covenant and promise? When Paul used the word covenant and promise and the law. We're going to look at it. That was a great opening. Insight given on this trip. However, this one says to me, a Christian should what submit to his wife out of reverence for Christ, fear for Christ. I will not do anything against you that Jesus Christ will condemn me. Oh, she made me angry. Yes, I'm angry. But angry is different from dust. Because that's what the Bible separated between anger and action. He said, be angry, but do not sin. So if you're angry as a human being, you can be angry. But when a dog is mad, he knows his owner. He didn't get what I said. A mad dog knows the person who feeds him. Hallelujah. He can mad to anybody, but when he sees the one who feeds him, he will win good say, Because if you don't, if you mad to that one, he won't eat. So if I'm angry with my wife, my action should still be the action in my heart, which is love. Someone say, how can you be angry and still show love? Oh yes, two different parts of you function in those realms. Really the Bible reduced anger and revealed anger to be residing in the external part of man. The Bible says anger is in the laps of fools, which means it does not come to your heart. But love goes into the heart of man, and out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth must speak it. I wish you gave it. Oh, my, 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 my. I say out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speak it. <laughs> I love the spigot. Amen. Forevermore. Spigot. God bless all of you, King James Version. Now, let's go ahead. <laughs> Therefore, if anger is only excluded by the scripture to function and has its function outside the heart, which is the lapse. Therefore, I may be angry. And speak not according to anger. For I have a mandate by God to submit to my wife in reverence for Christ. I love that thing. It says reverence for Christ out of holy fear. And my wife do the same thing out of holy fear. Because she will give account about her, her wifehood. While I will give account of my husbandhood. Further now, if we now read further, that Ephesians chapter what? Five. Many people always study from 22. I don't, because 21 is the preamble. Let's quickly run through this. Ephesians 1, 5:21. If you go to 22, it says, Wives, 
submits to your what? Husband as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church, his body, of which he is the Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Come on now, let's go further. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. To make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word, and, and to present her to himself, present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless in the same way, husband, what? Shall we read it together, verse 28? Can you see the conclusion of these words? Let, let us read this word. I, I told you two Sundays ago that when you read the Bible, always read the punctuation marks there. Because you can't understand a writing if you don't understand the 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 um the um language of the writing the lessons here this scripture has taken marriage to second level it gave us at the beginning The laws that bind marriage. Then he began to tell us now the contract that binds marriage. Promise is not a contract. Promise is a solo decision. It's a decision of the one who promised and not subject to the one who received the promise. Are we in cognizance? I promise to give my iPad to Pastor Fumi. She did nothing to earn it. I just looked at her. I felt I should give her my iPad. Whether she needs it or not is not a consideration. I just love to give her iPad. I will together now. So, if she was my enemy, I can still give her iPad. If she was my friend, I can still give her iPad. In the bottom line of it, there will be a reason for me to have decided that. And that reason has nothing to do with whether she agrees or not. That's a promise. It's different from a contract. In a contract, two people have dual obligation not equal but dual reciprocal obligation so why in marriage you promise that whether it is easy or difficult or for better for worse is a promise 
It does not depend on anybody. That's why you qualify the promise as for better for worse before you say the promise. But when it comes to the marriage bond itself, you are in contract. When I talk about can a Christian divorce or can a Christian be separated in marriage, I will show you in the Bible and you'll understand this better. And if you understand this part of the Bible, you will understand why there is separation among Christians. And you'll understand why in this time even some have been divorced. But you will understand also that a Christian should not divorce, but a Christian could be a victim of divorce. That is the limitation of the Bible. I haven't said that therefore. I want us to look at the obligations, the rights and obligations in marriage. The first part of it, which is 22, let's go first to Colossians 3:13. Colossians 3:18 and 19, and I will come back to these obligations because this Colossians just summarize the obligations which is different from the law that holds the marriage. It says in Colossians 3, 18 and 19, Wives, submit to your husband as it is fitting in the Lord. Husband, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. Go back now. To verse 22. Put this behind your mind as we go on, because I refer back to it. Verse 22 says, now the obligation of the woman, the rights and obligation of the woman. I will distinct the right or distinguish the right from obligation. It says here, wives submit to your husband as to the Lord. Which means if the husband instructs the wife, a Christian wife, to do anything that the Lord would not have said, that woman is not obliged to obey. Let me repeat myself. It says to a woman here in obligation, submit to your husband and qualify it as to the Lord. So, if the husband asks the wife to do anything, the Lord will not have asked you, which you know what the Lord will say in the Bible. So, if a man, a husband is married to a Christian woman, either the man calls himself a Christian or non-Christian now, the woman will obey everything that man says as long as it is not contradictory to the scriptures. That is your limit. You cannot obey any instruction for husband's sake which is contrary to the Lord. I will together now. I can't hear you, ma'am. I had a case in London. The two of them professed to be Christians, husband and wife. I won't tell you what their tribes are, what their colors are. And the husband was involved with witchcraft, though he's a Christian. He bought a book in the witchcraft shop that talks about, well, he bought a book on the shelf that talks about sexual intercourse between husband and wife. How to get to climax. 
If the brain of a Christian cannot work that way, because if a Christian had that thought and then he drove him to buy a book, Satan is already having you. It's only Satan who can bring the thought to your brain like that. Because those who will write what sex should be, how sex should be done, they are all from the arm of witchcraft and Satanism. And they will introduce you to sexual conduct that will open your body for demonic access. And so many Christians could be demonized and are demonized. This will happen. The book says that the man should get a white cane, which was bought in the witchcraft shop. White cane, you know, normal cane, they strip it of all its, the, 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 is it, um, the outer layer, what do you call it, is the epidermal layer, the outer, yes. They strip you of all that. And it becomes white inside. And the body from witchcraft shop. Do you think the, the material you bought from witchcraft shop is just ordinary material? It went through witchcraft shop. By the time it's coming, it's coming out with devils and demons. And that book says, the man should give the woman the cane, naked, and the woman should cane his buttocks until his buttocks bleeds. And when his buttocks bleeds, then the man should have intercourse with his wife, and that man will get to climax. And the woman came from a different culture where they respect husband. So when she first married this man, when boyfriend and girlfriend, they were in the same church, in the city, and you know, they conducted their relationship as saints, no sexual intercourse. And after marrying to have intercourse, the man brought out came. The woman said, That is not in my culture. I cannot beat my husband. And he cajoled the woman and said, At least I'm the one who demanded you do this for me. That tells you that that man has been involved in such things with other girls before marriage. Yes? You know, that is what they call a Jawando Christian. <laughs> you don't understand what I just said. Okay, let me give you another name for such Christian. They are Jivistic. I should break it down. You know, they jive everywhere. Today, they are in that pub. Tomorrow, they are in that club. Next tomorrow, big Hallelujah. They dance like demons dance. Ooh, 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 ooh. Mm. They dance to all the praise and worship of Satan. So, the woman wept. And the man insisted. So, the woman started to do that for her husband. And one day, the woman came across me. She came to a place, rather, before coming across me, she came to a place that the Spirit of God in her resisted her so much. And she said, I will never do this again. This after some years. The botox of the man is full of marks. Satan is terrible. The people that Satan rule over, it will make you punish yourself, and it will make you derive pleasure in your destruction. That's what Lucifer does. He came to kill, steal, and deliver, and, and, and destroy. And so, when they came to me, they, 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 when she went to, you know, some other minister, they said, we don't understand this. They, I said that he's a minister in New Cross. His father was a wizard. Go to him. They came, both of them. 
And I looked into the eyes of the man. He's full of devils. He was never born again. He came to church to look for a girl. And he said too that he knows that girls from church will give him peace. And girls outside there are wild. He himself is wilder. <laughs> Amen. So I now showed the woman, because the woman was still guilty, saying to me that, but the Bible says we should submit to our husband in all things. I said, read the Bible, not man. So let's read. Wife, submit to your husband. And I said that, is that action to the Lord? Do you find it in the Bible? He said, no. I said, so why do you submit to it? He said, but I thought we should submit in all things. I said, yeah, God qualified the all things. He says, unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, for you to understand better. As Christ is the head of the church. So a husband who does not occupy headship of his family like Christ, should not be listened to. In that instruction he gave. And in this obligation, it's full of obligation and also rights. It's not just obligation of the woman. It's full of obligation and the rights. Which defines the limits. Which gives common sense. That God, God's jurisprudence is equitable. God is a God of equity. Okay? And it does not make the man as head, head that is oppressor. Headship of a man in the family, okay, it is not oppression, it is a function. Like you have MD in your company, you have director in your company, if you are junior staff, you must submit to them, isn't it? So, and if your MD told you to perform fraud, and you are an accountant, and he is the MD, will you do fraud because your MD says you do it? No, 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 the law, the law of England will not pardon you. So is the scripture. It says, for the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ the head of the church. Obligation for the woman, submit, right of the woman as unto God. Which is the obligation of the man? To become like Christ in his family. His body, of which he is the savior. That tells the woman, the husband too, that your job is to be the savior to your wife. Everything the Savior will do to his heart, to the church, husband is mandated to do. A man that refused to walk, the Bible says, is worse than an imbecile, infidel, or imbecile, whatever. He is worse than living. He should, he should. Did the Bible not say so? A man who refused to walk, understand, it didn't say a man who cannot walk. It said a man who decided not to. People are, people are waking up looking for a job. He sits at home sleeping and eating. He said, treat him like an unbeliever. So the Bible says here, therefore, the man should be Christ in his house. And the woman should submit in all things. When he says all things, within the periphery of Christ. He has qualified it before he started telling you all things. Isn't it? Now, as the church submit to Christ, also the wife should submit to the husband in everything. So the word everything was qualified as Everything within the context of the scriptures. As Christ will have said. There are Christian women who husband took to witch doctor, wizards and all stuff. Took them to place where they strip naked. 
Christian women, you know, playing, uh, men playing uh, nude films to their wives. What do you call it? This film that is the people, mad people strip themselves naked to mad people to watch the madness. Don't you understand? If a man watches a, a naked woman with another man having sex, the people who are having sex publicly like that, selling it, they are mad if they, they, they test their brain. Psychiatric doctor. <laughs> if they can test their brain with madometer, <laughs> they will discover that they have got to the highest peak of insanity because they have been reduced from humanity to beasts. Now, do you think, what do you think Satan uh, sent his children to do that for? To convert others, other people to madness. So that mass spirit can enter into them. It's just like this, um, this jeans that they are wearing these days. That is a torn jeans. They, they bought a good jeans. They would tear it. In spirit of madness, Satan, when he saw that many people are not mad, he wanted a gang of mad people. And so he decided to introduce madness into sanity so that people would begin to wear rag. And as they wear rag, the demons of rag possess them. Because you cannot say you are born again when you are opening, when you, you wear rag. People wear clothes to cover themselves. You are wearing clothes to, to a rag. Can you imagine that for God's sake? So your person will say that he's born again. He's not born at all. They are football, they are, they are, the, they are the football field of Satan to play World Cup. <laughs> Hallelujah. I will not be deceived by the devil. Look at the way I'm dressed now. Am I not look? Do I not look sensible? Now, if I came here today now and I and I cut this one, use Milton to burn it so that you can see this leg, and then I burn here. You can see this place. Then I burn here. You can see this place. Surely you will say, ah, "Oh, Father, please deliver Apostle something that happened to Apostle." So it's everybody who is wearing clothes that are born all over. Mars will enter them. For them to make the choice, it has to be under the influence of the Spirit that produced the choice. Hallelujah, somebody. So also, if your husband tells you to go to a doctor, tell him that he is your enemy. Or there are some places where they will have vision that your wife is a witch. And then the husband, they give the vision and they, they said that your wife must do deliverance. Your wife must fast for uh, seven days or 21 days without food and water. If you are the wife and you are born again, tell the pastor that you are the one who will fast for seven days without food and water. You are the one who has demons inside you. It is demons speaking through you right now. I am born again. Don't be afraid when it comes to, you know, working within your own God's given rights. Why is it that it's only woman that is mammy water? Why can man not be papi water? <laughs> no, if a woman is too beautiful, she is a mammy water. Because those pastors who give you the, the redecoration of mammy water, they, they look at a beautiful woman and say that, oh, I wish I had a beautiful woman like this. Out of vindiction that their own wife, to them, is not as beautiful, they want to make a woman beautiful miserable. And if a woman is ugly, they say she's a witch. At least somebody will marry her. These are wolves in the church of God. Women should know this. You must submit to your husband as 
unto Christ. If your husband tells you to come and do fraud, you must tell him Jesus did not do fraud. My duty here is to submit to you unto Christ. Are we together? Oral sex is from the devil. Sexual intercourse is not meant for the mouth or anus. Anybody who practices it, know it. It came from bar worship. And if you practice it, demons will enter your physical body and mess you up forever. Are we together now? <clears throat> now, 24, as the church submit to Christ, so also why to submit to their husband. Then verse 25 begins to talk about the rights and obligation of the man too. Husband, love your wife. Just as Christ loved the church. And gave himself for her. Now, when Jesus says, the Bible says, husband, love your wife. That's an obligation. Okay? But the right of the man is to receive love from the wife. Because the church loves Jesus. Isn't it? You will never hear another name in the mouth of the church. But the name of Jesus. The mouth of a woman should speak only the name of the husband. The church does not have confidence in any other name than the name of Jesus. Every woman should have confidence in their husband. In that very statement is the obligation of the man to love the wife. But it is the right of the man also for the woman to treat him as the church treats Christ. Church give to Christ. Church don't just take from Christ every time. Take, 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 take. When will you give? Listen to me. The church worship Jesus Christ. The woman must honor the husband. Not wash him like a rag in the public. Having known the weakness of your husband, you are not a chatterbox to expose him all over the whole place. The church protects the name of Jesus. A wife should protect her husband. Listen to me. What the church cannot do to Jesus Christ, the woman cannot do to husband. Because as the man has the obligation to love the woman to death, the woman has the obligation to obey the husband to death. To protect the husband to death. To represent good name of the husband everywhere she goes. The duty of the church, if you can understand it, you will understand the duty of a woman to the husband. If the, the, church, build, the church build house, isn't it? House of who do they call it? Answer me. I can't hear you. I cannot hear you. So the woman should build the house for the man to dwell. It's not talking about brick and mortar. A woman should make her house habitable. A husband should not be afraid to go to his house. Because he does not know what to meet in the house. As the woman is the architect of the house. You must decorate your house with peace. With love. With understanding. So that the man is happy to come into his house built by the woman. Listen to me. Those scriptures contain 
obligations and rights. Anywhere this does not entail or does not happen, you have headaches, which you employed by yourself. No prayer can undo it, but repentance only can build your home for you. Remember where you have fallen. That is the statement of Christ in the, to the seven churches. Someone says that, oh, there is a battle in your house. You will pray. Dangerous prayer. They will destroy your house totally. Those fools. I've told you what you use in building houses. Wisdom, knowledge, and understanding of God. Are we together now? Satan has no power over a Christian home. At all. Your home is what you call it. You call your home, woman, the house of sorrow, there will be sorrow. You call your home the house of trouble, there will be trouble. You call your home the house of peace, you have peace. Satan, no matter how happy or unhappy, he cannot touch your peace. But understand, these rights a man should enjoy from a woman can only be triggered also from a man who truly loves when you love somebody, really the Bible continues to talk about this. Let me read it further. And almost complete it. The man's obligation. To love the wife as Christ loved the church, gave himself up for her, to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the words. Can you see a man who does not pray with the, with the wife, does not read the Bible with his family, and he says he's born again. Born of where? Whether you are a pope or you are a bishop or apostle or, or anointing, when you are walking, fire is on your head. Everybody will see that you carry fire. Eh? When you get to your house, that fire, leave it at the door. Your popeship, bishopship, or bishopry, apostleship, prophetship, or any other thing, when you enter into your house, you leave it at the door. Because in that house, you are a husband to a woman. Your duty is to give happiness to a woman who you went to beg to marry you. You beg her. Even if you say that she's the one who woo me, then what did you fall? <laughs> there have met men who said that. I didn't talk to her. It's a lie. She's the one who put herself on me. Yeah, but you fall too. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You fall. Listen to me. The duty of the man is to wash the wife. Okay? It's not to take the debt of the wife and report it to everybody what the debt is. A husband who is a Christian husband, if you see your wife, there's anything dirty in her, you clean it. With the word of God. You have no right to go and, and call somebody else to tell the person. Oh, you know my wife is this. Ah, and my wife is that. Hey, my wife is this. Oh, my wife is that. No, the Bible says the duty of the husband is washing the wife. If you fail in that, you fail in everything in life. But you see, if you build a house where you teach them the word of God and you are like Christ to your house, these things will be automatic. There are some men, your wife will wake up in the morning waking you up to come and pray. Say, pray your own, pray your own. <laughs> Am I talking? <laughs> then she prays today, Satan says that she's alone. She prays tomorrow, Satan says that she's alone. What happened to Eve? 
Where was Adam when, when the serpent was talking to Eve? God told Adam, this woman is your helpmate. If somebody is your helpmate, anywhere you go, she goes. So that she can see what you are doing and write it as a secretary. Promises you make that you may forget, you will write it down. So how dear, have you thought about it? That serpent came to the helpmate and the one who she should help was where? He was an awo. No wonder. Before he came back, Satan finished his job. That happened to many wives. Because the husband refused to pray with them. The husband refused to read the Bible with them. And they read and read and read. And someday they read the Bible. Satan will help them see where the husband is misbehaving. And say, this part of the Bible, is it not your husband is talking about? And before you know it, it will develop thoughts in the woman and then trouble starts. Listen to me. Love means love. Love is the only word that does not have a, a synonym. doesn't have any other word to, do, to, 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 to describe it. It says, and present her to himself as a radiant church. Now, I love the word present her to himself. Now, this is it. For men, how you lay your bed, you sleep on it. I will say this. You want peace at home. Then make sure that you sow real peace. Are we together now? There are some families and some cultures where it is family they marry. That is, if this man came from a family, if he marries a wife, the wife is treated as an external person. Okay? And nobody gives her any respect. Everybody believes that this man is their own. To the extent that even when the man dies, the houses the man built, they will send the woman and her children away. They want to take the houses. They will roast in hell. Whoever left that legacy cannot enter heaven. Because you disobey God completely. The Bible says, Jesus said, the two shall become one flesh. So your family, who are your blood, they have no right to your inheritance. Your inheritance belongs to your wife and your children. Same thing, the inheritance of the wife belongs to the husband and the children. For the husband, the Bible says that when you present, when you clean your wife, you teach your wife, you educate your wife, you care for your wife, you show love to your wife, you, are, you have to now present what you have been doing to yourself. And look at your wife that this is what I want. Okay, I don't want this and this and that. You go and check the, the scripture that can help clean that. Have fellowship with your wife. Sexual intercourse is not the primary purpose of, of, of marriage. Company is the first purpose. It is not good for man to be alone. It is to be without child. I will make her helper suitable. Okay? It is I will make her a child factory. <laughs> so, either she has a child or not, has nothing to do with marriage. Some men, they will say that my wife cannot give birth. I've seen men who did that. They went to somewhere else. They didn't give birth. They went somewhere else. The woman kicked out. The woman married somebody else. The following year, she's giving birth. So it was the man who cannot produce. And the woman didn't complain. You know? It's always been that, which is norm. In a marriage where they're waiting for the fruit of the womb, <clears throat> if it is a man's uh, uh, deficiency, the woman just cope with it. But 
a good number of men, the moment they hear that the wife has one, they just say, uh, you cannot produce, and they are going out. They are devils. They are not born again at all. They are not born again. Any woman who abandons his godly given duty, and for these selfish purposes, or a man who does that, is because they haven't known the Lord. Let me help you understand this. The man, therefore, has an obligation to love the wife, to wash the wife with the, with the word, acid water, and present the wife, not to himself, but radiant. So that your wife is seen outside and people are commenting about the virtue of this woman. People want to be like this woman because of the work you have done as a husband. Now, let me help you know this. Who is the primary provider for the family? Is the husband. But in real life today, does that still ensue? Yes. But it is possible for the wife to be earning more. So if the wife earns more than the husband, how do you do your finance? That will be my next lecture. Today is overcomers. Next Friday is victory night. I will continue. I will look at that area of financial management. But here, I want us to settle tonight in this. It says, verse 28, In the same way husbands ought to love their wives to beat, as their own bodies. Listen to me there. So if you love your wife, can you, if your body is paining you, can you cut it off? You go to orthopedic doctor and say to the doctor that I wounded my toe. Can you remove the hold of this leg? <laughs> this leg. Because this toe, I've wounded my toe and I've been trying to heal it. It keeps on paining me. So remove the hold of my leg, please. Has the man done that before? No, I twisted my finger. And every attempt to, to make it straight, is he going back to the bend? Please take this hand away. So your wife is your body, you cannot take her away. You can't. It's impossible. You know, in the time of the Jews, when we go further into, you know, the area of divorce and stuff, they, they never use the word wife divorce the husband. Because it is the man that gives certificate to the woman. When I wed, do wedding for people here, and they both sign certificate, who do we give certificate to, both of them? Then if you say both, you have never come to wedding ceremony. I can know those of you who don't come when they are wedding. You better come so that you may know. If I search the certificate of wedding and the man raises his hand, I will push his hand down and tell him that, what are you thinking? You are the one giving her certificate because I'm acting under your authority that you confess that you are marrying this woman. I am the witness and I signed it and I took your certificate and gave to her. So you are the one who can divorce. She is not able to divorce. That's the scriptures. But if you look at First Corinthians, we'll go to that very well. What about when there is violence? The woman can separate and live alone. And let the man stay by himself and go and live alone. That is the scripture. 
When ungodliness is in the marriage, the Bible says the woman can separate unless that ungodliness is rectified. Are we together now? And we look into that. I always use, that's what's going on seven. I always use a case to explain this. I pastored a church in England called Oliver Devil Baptist Church. And I lived in a place called Ludwig Mills. And sometime when I was a pastor of Oliver Devil Baptist Church, a woman came to us and said how much she's been threatened by the husband. And you know, in those days, my knowledge of the world is not like this. I told the woman, uh, my senior pastor, ah, please just uh, be it, you know, be it, be it, be it. Because that's the way we are raised. You know, we keep praying for him. The man came, but in the church, the man will be looking like this. Yes. But our psychology didn't tell us that that man is sick. You, because he doesn't speak at all. But when he gets home, he is hell to the woman. To the place whereby, you know, when, a woman, when anybody is depressed, when he speaks, you can smell the depression from Udo. Yes, I can. I don't know whether it's everybody. I think every human being can. Am I correct? When I stand before somebody depressed, and she, the person talks, either he or she, I can smell, I can distinguish between the smell of depression from a person who is not. This is nothing to do with wash your mouth or not. I can smell depression, even if I'm away from the person speaking, I can smell depression. In a matter of time, it will just, the smell will begin to build up. But you know the, what happened? One day, the man took the woman and cut her to pieces. He lived in Hawk Tower. He cut her to pieces and then put her in the boots in London here and drove her to London Bridge. While she was, he was pulling the cops, the, the mutilated body out from the car, all right? They called the police. The police came. When he saw the police coming, he left that mutilated body and he jumped into River Thames and he died. He was a Nigerian man. When that happened, I said to myself, I wish that we had told the woman to leave the house. The Bible says, for violence and ungodliness, marriage could separate. We will talk about that over tonight. We didn't get to separation. What we are looking at tonight. Your wife is your body. You can't beat your body. You can't beat your wife. You can't hit your body. You can't hit your wife. No matter how sick your body is, you will do everything in your human power to make sure that it's okay with the body. So a man has the obligation to do everything in his power. You can't marry a woman and begin to complain about how she looks. Her look is what attracted you anyway. And whatever which looks at any time, it is your work. <laughs> Am I speaking? Yes, oh, my wife is too fat. You look at yourself too. <laughs> if she is fat, it is what she has been feeding you and herself. You too must have changed. You only need to go and look at the mirror and look, look at your photograph as your marriage. and look. The, what, the way I look when I'm married, is it the way I look now? You didn't see it. 
I will show you the way I look on my marriage. When next I'm meeting you, they must put my marriage photograph there to see the way this man looks in the marriage. If you look at how I look now, you will just thank God for me. <laughs> if you don't know what to praise the Lord for, praise the Lord. I, I was given a cloth in Nigeria. I was celebrating the cloth. I wore the cloth. Where well, my wife came and said, look at your belly in this cloth. Ah. She said, I don't want you to wear it. It's too tight in your belly. Go and they should wear, put something like this one now. Can you see my belly? <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> my belly is flat here. But in that, in that cloth that I wore, it was mountainous. The issue is this. They told me in Nigeria, this is, the, the, the people now wear slim feet. Is this slim feet they call it? Slim feet. Yeah? But slim feet does not spare slim belly. <laughs> oh my, oh my. I saw when she said to me that, look at your belly. I went to the mirror to go and check. Out of the mouth of two witnesses. When I got to the mirror and I saw my, I, don't, I didn't need to show my side. I saw, I just saw it. Ah, I said, dear, thank you so much. I didn't see that it was. All my six packs, it, it's exposed that um, they have, my six packs have become one. So I said to them that you have to now lose the something. So they are going to lose it for me so that at least I too can. So if your wife too, if you are saying your wife, you know, look, some, look at yourself too. Both of us are victims <laughs> of... Uh, <laughs> Ah, changes all over the place. I said to my wife one day, I looked at her in the mirror and I said, ah, What is this wrinkle I'm seeing here? Your neck is becoming wrinkled. She looked at me. She said, Her neck is not wrinkled. I said, Look, I am the one seeing you. And she said, Raise your head. And I raised my head. She said, ah. <laughs> Yours. If she has wrinkle, I have wrinkle. <laughs> Hallelujah. So I now look at myself in the mirror and say, Ah, it's a fact. You know, old man to himself, he's always young. Hallelujah. Except when you now look at the mirror and you see that one day you wake up and um, unexpected uninvited pain was happening in inappropriate jurisdiction now listen to me therefore <laughs> you cannot tell your wife i don't like this look that's the look that attracted you because it's your body so if your body looks somehow what do you do you help that body to go back look like what you want and in this matter of look something both of you are comparable the way your husband wants you to look adapt the way your wife wants you to look adapt however the look does not determine wife or husband because the determination has been done when you sealed the 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 the, the, the signed the paper what now happened thereafter is just part of the delicacies that makes the marriage very sweet and delicious. 
The husband should love the wife like his own body. We are going to pray. By your heads, let me pray for you. Father, we bless your name because of your grace and mercy. He sent his word and he bring healing to his people. Everyone under my voice and their marriage is sick. Let this word sent out tonight bring forth healing and restoration. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Teach us, O Lord, by your Holy Spirit. Arm us with strength. To be able to walk in your ways. Enable us, O Father, so that the devil will not laugh at us. That in everything we may satisfy you, our commanding officer. May grace and mercy and your covenant be fulfilled in every marriage under my voice. May the devil be put to shame in our lives and families. And may the glory of heaven surround us all our world. In Jesus' holy and anointed name we pray. Amen. Amen. Write it down. Verse verse 31. He says, For this reason a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery, but I'm talking about Christ and the church. However, each one of us, of you, also must love his wife, that is the man, and he, as he loves himself, and the wife must what? Respect. The wife must respect her husband. And the other transition is reverence her husband. May the Lord strengthen and bless you. I want to say that um, I think we should take our offering now and then we will have testimonies. Yes, let's have the choir. We need to dance a little bit. Well, we have uh, Pastor Dapo and Pastor uh, Kata. Pastor Dapo, please stand up. Let the church welcome you. That's Pastor Dapo from our Lagos Church. He handles all the operations of CFT Nigeria and Pastor Kata from Chandigarh, and he handles all the CFT operations in Chandigarh. I think I will say that, Pastor, that was you prepare to take our offering. The offering we take today is VOH. Now, let me say this, that if you see the way I'm dressed now, this is one of the clothes that they, they put on me in, in India, and I decided that I needed to, I took it to the retreat. And I, I thought I was going to wear it on the last day, last night of the retreat. But I couldn't change my clothing from morning to night because we thought we were going to have rest, but we never had rest. It was so awesome. And so I decided that I will wear this tonight so that Pastor Qatar will go and tell our brethren in India that Apostle is an Indian man. Hallelujah. Except my shoe is uh, 